welcome to episode two of Manifest Scornergy. Uh, I am Mayhew. Uh, today I am joined by... Kieran. hello. I managed to get back on the cast again for a second time. Yay! <laughs> Critical member of the caster. <laughs> Critical. <laughs> and our special guest, uh, why don't you go introduce yourself? Hi guys, my name is Dominic. I'm a Scorn player from Germany and I recently just won WTC with this underrated faction. Woo woo woo! <laughs> so guys, why don't you do uh, a... Uh, um... Um, okay, so I'll jump in. Uh, so Scorn is my main faction. I've been playing them since they first came out. Um, and this year I had the lucky chance of being the only one wanting to be captain. So <laughs> I, stood, I stood up and said, right, I'll be captain. And together with a few of us, uh, we sent two teams over. There were ourselves and Team Guinness, and then there was Team Crack. Um, we sent over, I was the only scoring player, because at one stage our meta went between five scoring players to no scoring players and back to one. Um, so it was just myself this time playing scoring. Um, in terms of why I wanted to play them, I've been playing them consistently for the past year, and I enjoy playing them. Um, and then in terms of lists, I went to them last time, it was Zal 2 and Makeda 2. Again, both lists I've kind of been playing a fair bit um, over the past few months and I was kind of fairly comfortable with. And I thought I could add a decent drop into most things. Yeah, reasonable. <laughs> so, reasonable, yeah. For me, it was a bit more difficult. Like, I got the honor to play on Team Germany 1 again this year. And after losing the finals last year, all of us struggled a bit and did faction hopping, starting new stuff. And I played Convergence last year. Okay. So I had to work into the faction anyway. And I did not at the beginning. I played Trollbloods, like the underdog, which I have in my shelf anyway, painted. So uh, I played last year with Trolls and won several tournaments with Trollbloods. Um, people did not understand why Trollbloods are good. Um, and at the start of this year, we fi started thinking which factions to pick, like how will the meta evolve, what could be good, what could be bad. And we started wondering if trolls are the right choice for a team tournament, because I have no big questions right at the moment. And they do not answer big questions like Ghost Fleet or Sigma at that time in a fashion that we... Yeah, we felt we are good with this faction, so we looked for alternatives. And I have Convergence at home, as I told, so uh, we thought I could go for Convergence because they are pretty strong into Sigma and have good game into a lot of stuff because people don't know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. But I played Scorn at the WTC 2015 in Ireland already with the Octodrake and all this stuff. Best WTC, just, just putting it out there. Yeah, <laughs> if, only, if only that one country would step up again and like. <laughs> well, the f the fact that it's Poland next year made us went. Hmm, po Ireland was after Poland back in 2015. Was like, no, stop it, stop it. <laughs> Ireland was really good. It was sweet. <laughs> I know. I know. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We figured out Scorn has a lot of potential, which is undiscovered after the. Yeah, the work over of the faction, and so we were like, okay, let's push this to the next level so people don't know what the faction is doing till WTC, which turned out to be this way, and yeah, that's why we picked Score. Dominic, were you playing on the ETC team that won this year? 
Yes, I did. And how many squad was in the ETC team? Three squad players. We had like the famous Martin Hornacek from Slovakia. Yeah, I think so. Now yeah. he's living in Austria. Yeah. And he was he was the worst squad player in our team. <laughs> I'm sure he'd love to hear you say that. <laughs> and but we played uh, different lists. At that moment, we were thinking to play double scorn at WTC. Like Sasha and I were thinking to both play scorn. Like we had a very strong all-comers list uh, with Makita two in my hands, and we figured out the Winds of Death gunline is ridiculously good with several casters. So he played Rashad at that time, and I played Morgul too. And yeah, so we did take this to ETC, and we yeah, won this thing. But it's just England, so. <laughs> <laughs> right. And you know, the the WTC, you know, it doesn't matter because it's more an international event. It's it's really like what happens in in America, right? Is that how? It oh works? yeah, it's not it's not reflective of anything real. Um, no. No, no, of course not. No. It's not a prestigious <laughs> event with invitation. <laughs> um, so, in terms of getting over to the event, uh, we arrived on the Friday, uh, kind of midday in Brussels, and we got the train out. And we met by accident. We met a bunch of Finns on the train, and then realized that every other team in the world was on the train as well. When we got to the event, is that when you picked up a homeless American that ne- needed a place to play? Uh, we no, he was on the train. We didn't realize it until we actually arrived. At we, everyone got the train, and out of every carriage, there was at least two or three WTC teams uh, just coming out, going, "Oh hey, oh, hey!" <laughs> but no one realized we were on the same train. You know what happens? We... Now? You're going to have way more McDonald's show up in Ireland. <laughs> yeah, we did it a bit different this year. We, yeah, we will have a tradition like. I think from this, from last year on, and it will be going on for the future. We always take one week off before WTC with all our teams and book an apartment, a gamers apartment, only men, only war gamers. <laughs> and so we traveled to Belgium on Monday and had a nice apartment, like for 24 persons with a sauna and uh, trampolines. Uh, <laughs> Trampoline, amazing. Yeah, really. <laughs> Lucky that nobody died, but it was really good. And yeah, we played from Monday on basically like 25 games a week to prepare for WTC. And then we took like a 10 minutes drive by car to go nice. to WTC and see everybody again. I, I actually had the privilege last year of being invited to the uh, German war machine. Uh, I don't even what you call it. Uh, intense training camp um and yeah, yeah yeah last year and got a couple of games in and i walked in and i was like this is great you know and everyone this was at maybe 10 o'clock at night and everyone was just entirely focused even though it was it was late so a few beers over and people were like hello more war machine i was like oh god you guys are really into it <laughs> I was I was impressed like I was because I was there last year it's just like the Germans are already here practicing and they have, yeah it's like you you guys have such a like a great ethic about you know making sure you're prepared for a competitive event yeah basically we did not have that much time this year to practice and so we had to put it in one week uh, how many ga- how many games you got in prior to the in that week prior to the event. Uh, at least 20. 
I'm not sure because a lot of the games are like, if we see it over after three turns, we will call it. Yeah. Like practice games against high competitive players, which can mm-hmm. be 20 minutes games. But yeah, it's, I think everybody of us did like 20, 25, 15 games. Yeah. yeah I, I feel like a lot of people don't do that a lot, um, especially when they're trying to practice and work out lists is that they, it's a tendency to take a game to its conclusion. And there's like a lot of um, value to that, obviously, because you can you can practice pulling out of you know a potentially negative game state. But there's also a lot of value being like, if I know that this is just bad to begin with, why don't we just restart to figure out why it's bad? Yeah, and I mean, in this games, we had the chance to fix certain dice rolls. Like, yeah, it's eighty percent that you will can kill this model. Uh, you didn't roll it, so let's see what would happen if you have killed it to play yeah. on and like to take out the the luck of the games and which gives you a more representative view of the games. Like playing into Ghost Fleet and you win the starting roll is not highly likely because they have plus one, so they will win it most of the time and. So it's better to yeah. practice with uh, playing second or, or or so. Yeah, with losing the start row. Like he can choose what he wants to do, and like accepting the worst and hoping for the best. <laughs> yeah, that's so what nice. we did all week. Uh, so nice. what what, uh, what lists did you do you guys choose, um, and and what was your reasoning behind it? Uh, for me, it was Makeda two with the two units of Ferox. Um, it's the oneness I've been playing primarily for the past nine months or so. Um, so it was this I was most familiar with. And then I was originally playing uh, Morgul 2, a kind of a mishmash list that I was enjoying. But from a team uh, comp-wise, we, we weren't that great into Cricks. So I ended up picking uh, Zal 2 as my second to just give us some kind of uh, pairing into Grimkin and to... Um, Cricks, Dark Host, or uh, Ghost Fleet. Yeah, I played uh, the famous Russia Double Turtle, which I think turtles will be sold out all over the world after people see what they do. <laughs> I think so. I'm already contemplating the next one. Yeah. Um, so basically, I played Makita 2 all year, like won all tournaments with Makita 2. And then we figured out that the meta is evolving to beat Makita 2 and nobody's really scared anymore of her. So we've changed the focus to to the gun line and we found a gun line who can deal with most of the matchups if you add the second turtle. A lot of people play two units of Weavers and just one turtle and I think this creates other matchups, not the matchups we wanted to have. And we think yeah, we found out that this list has game into Quicks, like game into Ghostly, game into Coven, and so we thought about the yeah, second big dog in the meta, like which list can beat Tigna, like not just have game but beat it. And um, so yeah, the new tier list Imperial Warhost came out like one week before this submission, I think, and. Yeah, from spoilers, we knew what the list will be able to do, so we put a lot of training games into it and figured out it beats Signa like pretty heavily if you add a lot of Archidons. Played the Archidons spam throughout the year with 
other castles before tier list and it was really good already and so now with 23 points can't be worse right <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it should be slightly better i think and we yeah, we found out that this list has a good game into matchups the russia can struggle with or has like a hard game and you have to focus for two hours so to give you easy games into signa into retribution kdor armor spam and all this stuff uh, the the big question I have regarding um, your drop into Signar is what was your worry about the potential of Xerxes getting range assassinated from like a Karasloan or a Kane 3? Not that big, to be honest, because you can put up like an Archidon screen at 20 inch in front of you. Okay. So no gun has a range of 20 inch. <laughs> And I mean, he's fifteen twenty one in Korea Aura. Have like two to three transfers, so it's really unlikely to be killed, to be honest. And yeah, well, if you win the starting role, your opponent won't have the chance to assassinate you because you're so far up the board. And the same will happen if you lose the starting role. You just run everything at him because Sloan and Kainstrin struggle to kill stuff in melee. Okay. basically and yeah once you just engage them the game is over yeah okay um so uh why don't we go through uh through each round um so kieran how was your round one uh well before we get to round one i suppose we have to just say that if anyone that hasn't been to um the wtc the, one of the best things about it is that when you arrive whichever day it is and you start meeting people there's obviously if, you, if the more you go, the more people you kind of know and you recognize. But even for people who've been there for the first time, especially the, the, last year was was a, a nice venue, but it was a very secluded venue and there wasn't that much gathering or social kind of um, elements to it. This year was essentially one giant hall with at least two or three bars around it, all serving quite cheap uh, Belgian beer. So everyone was in one main hall drinking away with either what they had in the bar or what stuff they had brought with them. So when we arrived on the Friday night, we were being given vodka from Poland. We were given um, beers from all over the world and various other drinks. So you can imagine it was a very good night. On the Friday morning, we got paired with uh, Team Switzerland Chocolate, who were feeling just as rough as we were. <laughs> having one of, the, one of their players having uh, been quite... Um, let's just say expressive with his uh, bodily functions prior to the event. So we we felt good that we had we had drawn a team that was in equally ropey shapes as we were. Um, so we sat down with them. We had a, we had a laugh um, and we drew out their team. So their team consisted of people who didn't have names because they forgot to fill in um, their names on their actual war machine sheets. But they they had um, Heinrich who plays Scorn. He was the one that ran the Zadesh 2 list you were, you were liking. He also had Hexy 2. We had um, a Red player. We had a Legion player. We had a Scorn, or sorry, a Circle player and a Minions player. So it was all pretty much all Minions, or all um, Forge, one uh, War Machine player. So we were kind of looking at, and I think there was no Cricks, which was great for us. We had a, a few decent drops, and we kind of, we won the role to go first. We want, We opted to pick than more matches. So this is another thing if anyone's not familiar with the event. If you when you win the role um at the start, you get there's two choices. One allows you to pick more matchups, one allows you to pick less matchups but pick the tables. 
So the, our, our logic going into it is that we didn't really mind the terrain. Most of our lists could ignore it in some way, could ignore terrain in most way, in most kind of uh, fashion. So we were kind of like, yeah, that's fine. Maybe picking this is going to be the better choice. What we learned towards the end of the event is that we had no clue what the hell we were picking. We were used to that list selection. So had we gone for the table, it probably would have been better. But, you know, we learn these things now. Um, so we went into this first round. We ended up picking uh, our link against uh, Stefan, who was the retribution player. Um, so he had Ossian 1 and Virus 2. Um, I played I played into Brett a few times. Uh, Makeda 2 is the better drop into this. Uh, so I dropped it out expecting Virus 2 came out. Um, and then I've played this match a few times. I've generally been quite fortunate in it. Uh, this this kind of match went quite well, apart from one thing that I completely forgot. Uh, I had his Hyperion, um, say not his Hyperion, his... Uh, uh, what's the... Yes. Uh, no, sorry, the, the um, character jack uh, that put oh, it life. Yes. Um, had him in which nine cats could get to him. The first round got up and brought him down to one point. The second four went up and I had, couldn't, get, couldn't get the last guy onto him. So I put the last guy onto a random arcanist. And for some strange reason, I decided I'll kill the arcanist first, forgetting it was his feet turn. Pops the feet, moves the, um, the jack out of the way. It's like, ah, oh, crap. So that was that. From from there on in, the match just imploded. But uh, it was a good game. We brought out a few drinks afterwards and had a bit of a laugh. So it was a great way to start the event with a lot of players who were very friendly and in the exact same uh, state of uh, mental and uh, physical fatigue. <laughs> oh, it wouldn't be a WTC without a, a stress test. <laughs> oh, exactly. We had plenty. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... We came in on Friday and we had like a pickup game on Friday night. So there were a lot of teams playing on Friday already. Like, yeah, contact was an awful lot. Yeah. And we played, um, I think Denmark Little Mermaids. And yeah, from the table set up, uh, we saw that the terrain was pretty big this year. Like they had huge walls, huge clouds, huge forests. Oh, the hills this year were huge. They yeah. were ridiculously big. <laughs> I think some pieces were too big, to be yeah. honest. Um, but some pieces were just perfect to uh, make table choice important in the matchup. And so we played Canada Moose or Goose. I don't know. The Tim Banke team in round one. And it's to win, actually. I really like that, that team. Yeah, um, so Tim was joking the night before with Sasha that uh, he wants to play us, but in the finals, and, <laughs> and they were like, okay, we wanted to play you, but not now. <laughs> and we had not, we did not have them in our shortlist uh, for the winning teams, to be honest. So we did not prepare for them. And we looked at the tables, which were very yeah, essential in the scenario and in the pairings we had. Like, I think I had four good ones and the playable into Tim, so I didn't care at all, to be honest. Um, so we picked the tables, and I think I played into the Manot player, which had Amon and something else, and usually Amon 
will be dropped if he faces Gorn. Yeah, Josh Crow is his name. Eminent uh, Testament of Manos with a lot of errands. And I played Rushet, and I think he underestimated a bit how much work the turtles can do with guidance once they hit in. And he did not know about the Agnok trick of Rushet, so you can just run two guys up, and oh. I put seven of his eight cryer dudes bottom of Ouch. one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was basically the game, and then I could just turn <clears> it <throat> out. And yeah, but Menard is is a good list for me. I think Scorn has very good game into Menard. Yeah, and we won the round four one. Just Tim Banky could save his honor, and yeah, he won against our circle player, and so we went on to round two, basically. <laughs> Before then, did he provide you with any maple whiskey? No, they did not. Ah, those monsters! They were, yeah. they were, t- Tim was telling me that the the maple reserves this year in Canada have run quite low. I laughed, and then he seriously was like, "No, we have maple reserves." So there's something I didn't know until this year's WTC. <laughs> yeah, but this player was uh, yeah was a good in a good mood. Like he was advertising us games without pants and. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Uh, his beard and his fingers. And... <laughs> that, that, that was the, the infamous judge call of, of the first game of the WTC, which confused at the head judge can we play without pants? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no rules that says you can't, right? Well, that's, that was what was established. <laughs> I mean, um,. Yeah, use A, played without shirts, so... Yeah. <laughs> War Machine, <and> dark. <laughs> oh, there was a lot of that this year. I don't think we should talk about this. But let's just say the Finns learned a lot about themselves and we learned an equally large amount about them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, ra- so how was round two? <laughs> <laughs> round, round two was good. Uh, we won our first round 3-2. Uh, so the second round we got paired against Slovenia. Uh, we got streamed that round. Uh, I think um, the Muse guys wanted to put uh, some pressure on uh, our sub, our super sub, <laughs> during that round to see how he got on. So we got paired. Irish looking super sub. The most Irish. Yes. <laughs> we even gave him an Irish name. So it's not everything like. <laughs> what was uh, Irish name? Uh, well, a true Irish name would be Seamus, which would be Irish for John. Um, and but we ended up just calling him Martin. And then that guy, and then stop losing games, John. That was that was his, that was his last name. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so we got paired against Slovenia this round. Um, we went up uh, again. We won the the role, and again, stupidly chose to pick matchups. Uh, this time, I think it worked out. Well, it, it it worked out for us. I don't think initially it was what we wanted, but I ended up getting paired. So they had uh, Kador. Um, Signar with Siege 1 and Haley 2, uh, Ghostfleet, Dark Host. They had the only other Zal 2 player in the entire WTC who also had Makeda 2. So all of my teammates were like, oh, we know how to handle it. So they, were, they were happy with that one. Uh, and then we had a Kalissa Virus 2 um, list. So I got paired against Sebastian. Uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his second name, but he was playing uh, Signar. He decided to drop Haley 2 into it. Um, the match got streamed. Uh, he came up on his feet, only rolled quite low for it, which was 
the first time I played since the new feed has come in, and it was so great to have. Okay, my war beast and my front line of cats don't do anything, but all my back cats go do stuff. Uh, it was fantastic. Um, so I ended up getting a scenario, or sorry, an assassination victory on. Got three cats onto Haley two. Um, so I was happy enough with that round. But in the end, we lost uh, two three that round. Damn, what was yeah, it? The, the Haley two. That matchup is uh, very specific on list design from the Haley 2 list against Makita 2. Um, yeah, what was in it? Uh, uh, it had the battle engine, it had the storm wall, it had, I can tell you now, let me just check, I have the lists here. Uh, Slovenia, Sebastian. So he had Firefly, Stormwall, Torn, Squire, Strange Ways, Journeyman, Journeyman with a char with a charger, and Jake's with a cyclone. The cyclone so, was a weird thing. That didn't really do anything. If we have the time, and I think it's interesting, we could discuss it. Um, as I played Makita 2 all year, I figured out that she lost a lot of impact into Sigma. Yeah. Basically because of the battle engine. Uh, mm -hmm. I think the battle engine workaround was a good part for the game, but... I hate this fucking Storm Strider. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's horrific. Um, <laughs> I've seen lots of double Storm Strider around. Yeah, because you can kill the cats on, like, five, uh, sixes with the Firefly up. Yeah. Uh, so Makita will run out of yeah, status very quickly if you face this kind of list. So I think it got slightly into Haley's favor, but with the new feed, it can swap over again to Makita. Yeah, wow. I, did, I did. I did have some lucky tough rolls, which let, left most of my cats alive. Yeah. So this is a critical matchup, I think. Uh, mainly one of the reasons why I did not bring Makita two. Yeah. Um, for my round two, we played into Finland Kekonen. I don't know which of the teams this is. Uh, they had a mercenary player, a red player, convergence, quicks, and scorn. And again, I feel very confident into all of these guys. But the Quicks player where it was just a game for me. Um, and I played against Anti Yusilla, I think. He was playing Mercenaries with Magnus 2 and uh, Sexus. Yeah. And so basically I thought he cannot drop Magnus 2 because I would just gun him off the table. Should I drop my, my flying circus he would uh, lose as well. So I expected him to play excellent sexes, and I thought I have a very good game into this, like 65% for me. But uh, it turned out that it's not true. <laughs> it's really <laughs> to be honest, because um, um, I thought Castigate would make more of an impact in the game, because it yeah, stops the enemy from channeling. But um, the casting through and heavy from Exelon is not channeling, which I did oh, not know until this point. Huh. Uh, so he got me on the wrong foot, basically, and could score up on scenario because of, yeah. They just become the point of origin, and so it came down to the wire, and we played, I think, seven rounds, and I, I finally was able to put a turtle into E.T.'s face and cast a kill him. But it was super close. Oh wow! Nice. I did not know that about that. Uh, that he doesn't actually channel. Yeah, I did not know that as well. So I thought I, I'm, yeah, 
in huge favors because if he cannot channel through his heavies like all these TKs and stuff, I'm pretty safe. But yes, wow. this was a good lesson in the right game. Yeah, it's very so, interesting to look. So what about uh, round three, guys? So round three for us, we were we figured that like okay, we have one win, one loss. So we're probably going to face, you know, a kind of a small team when we wouldn't really have to worry about anything. So we got paired against Australia Drop Bear, uh, <laughs> which had Chris Davies, Josh Bates, uh, Aaron Whaley, and two other guys, which wouldn't be that well known, uh, Jack and Ed. Um, but yeah, so that, that was a nice, you know, surprise for us. <laughs> um, so That's we got paired against, just a, yeah, just a small bunch of scrubs, like, um, <laughs> So we uh, we got paired against them. They won the role. No, sorry, we won the role once again and chose Lewis. <laughs> we 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 were just belligerent on this, and we were just going to go. We we're going to choose 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 three games, choose three games, choose three games. <laughs> um, so this time, um, and the way it came around, I ended up getting Aaron Whaley, uh, which I was fine with. I was kind of like, okay, Grant, I get to drop Sal play a game, see how it goes. Um, and this was, I have to say, the closest game I've ever played in my life um, because it, it went back and forth. I was scoring, he was scoring, uh, and it went down to the wire. So the game ended on turn seven. What you I, he dropped uh, Ghost Leash. I, dro- I, I chose Zal 2. Um he took he he on my feet turn he corroded a lot of guys um triggered one or two vengeances by accidents and a few other things cut it so we it was a good kind of back and forward um the end of the game ended with my death clock went he had eight seconds left i was up eight five on scenario and it was turn seven um so had had i had i eleven seconds because i started the turn on five seconds so i could i there was no i had to so fifteen seconds i was gone like um, but had I had 11 seconds, I could have stopped it in one second and I would have won. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> How do you feel about the Zalt 2 Ghost Sweet matchup after playing against uh, one of the better Crix players from Australia? Uh, we, we, uh, we have a Crix player in Ireland who is top notch as well now. So I played that a couple of times against him and I've played against a few other Crix players. I haven't won it, I won it once. But every other game has been close enough that I feel that it's it's a drop into it. It may not be a great drop, but it's certainly a game there. Uh, that's the how I feel about um, a particular pairing, which is like taking Zaltu for ghostly drop, and I feel like I have lucky to win. Yeah, yeah. I don't like Zaltu that much, yeah, mainly because of this. The yeah. enemy has to make mistakes, like a lot of mistakes, and then you will have a decent game. But and, most and, of even, the- and even if it comes down to where you actually are sitting on a, a camp, a, a large enough stack, and the Negra's in range, you're still without a will breaker there. It's, it's very hard to actually kill the Negra. Like, yes, you need you need boosted eights to hit, well, eights to hit, so you're going to boost it, and then your dice off four with, if the Wraith engine is still there. And she's probably going to be sitting on some stacks, so it's not it's not a great assassination one. I also find uh, the immortals like very unforgiving. Like if you take significant losses and you really can't do anything with that big stack of fury, you're dead in the water. Like that's that's it. And there's a lot of yeah. like 
well, we don't want to kill immortals because we'll trigger vengeance. And you're like, well, what if you just kill the whole unit? Like, oh yeah, I'll just do that. And then, then you're kind of, again, you're kind of fucked. So. And I mean, Danny has the tools to kill immortals on your feet as well. Yeah. Yeah. Just putting venom and applying corrosion, for example. Oh. And then you had the, the pistol right just going up and saying, look, just, just pinpointing a car and go, right, shoot him twice, ignore him. Uh, and then Hakara just sits there, gets really angry with his righteous vengeance triggered stationary, <laughs> doing nothing. Damn. I think it's tough to call it a good game for you. Uh, in round three, we played uh, yeah one of the big fishes in our eyes. We played against Sweden Gotland, which is uh, basically the wedding and Jokerab team. Um, so it's scr- scrubs as well for you guys. Yeah, no, not at all. We had some our, our preparation list, so we checked the list, and basically for me, um, there was okay. They had like a quick player, double Signa, mercenaries, and legion. So I would get off the hook by any means. Like I do not want to play the quick player, but everything else is a good game for me because uh, my birds can tackle Signa pretty easy. And mercenaries and legion is yeah good game for Russia and quicks yeah I will have to play it and but for the team it did not look that good I think and so we wanted to pick the tables again to swing some of the legion matches for example in our favor to not give them clouds of ours um, but they took the tables and so they paired up. The Legion player Torbjorn, like the smallest guy of the team, just <laughs> 20 meters tall. <laughs> like he's a giant, really. <laughs> yeah, we offered him, I think, me and I don't know who was the second player, maybe our circle player. And yeah, so they figured out that I'm really bad for their other pairings and matchups. And so they threw Torbjorn under the bus and we played Rashad into Fiana 2, no, Abby 2. And Jeffrey, basically... Can you, really, can you really throw him under the bus? Yes. Under the yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about, like, spatial factors there. The, the, the bus and him will contact and then it'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. It's a big bus. Uh, yeah, and so basically with Rashid Feet and all this burst and volume fire in my list, Legion Heavies just yeah explode in seconds. And so yeah, he underestimated how far the turtles can go. He thought they have knocked down on only one inch melee, and so I killed his cast on top of two because I was tired. And <laughs> yeah, I thought about. Um, do I really want to take this caster kill because it was, yeah, it's a matchup hugely in my favor. And yeah. caster kills are dicey, but it was like, I get a boosted seven with reroll. If one of these hits, it's 99%. Then I can like buy another boosted seven. If this hits, it's a kill as well. And yeah. if it does not hit, I get another unboosted seven. To secure the kill, and so I killed her through five transfers, I think, with one. Nice. <laughs> and could the other turtle get in as well? 
Uh, not in melee, but in shooting, and I could get three lights into her in shooting and some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous how far the turtles can go. Like, they speed 8. They have 13 inch threat range with mat 10 against living models under rush at speed. And three dice to hit then as well on that. Yeah, it's super good. And so I got an easy game, but the round was very close, as we think, for us. Uh, our Legion player lost, no, our Circle player lost to Christopher Wedding. And we had two super close games. One was uh, our Signal player and two their second Signal player, which came down to the wire, basically, and uh, our Red player into their Merc player, which was super close. And yeah, so the game took basically the whole two hours, the round, and yeah, then we were happy to be able to go to sleep undefeated and prepare for next day's matchup because yeah. we're big surprises, to be honest. Uh, was, after, uh, day one. after day one, like there was a lot of like I wonder if they call them upsets, but the results. If somebody was to like predict the results of who would be undefeated during day two, I don't know if they would have predicted. Probably would predict your team Germany, but there's a lot of like yeah, the, being the French in there, the Finns in there. Uh, sorry, yeah. the French, the Norwegians, the Germans, the, the two English teams as well. Like, so I expected one of the Norwegian teams, but yeah. Jarl's team, to be honest. Yeah, and I expected Pat Danford team as well, but there were some big fishes out of the game. Like Poland Hussars has been beaten by France. Like. Australia drop beer out of the tournament, like the defending champions. And yes. So we had to yeah, put a, like two more hours of matchup work in the evening before, before we went to bed. And... <laughs> yeah, we, we put many hours of matchup work into it by just drinking. <laughs> matchup. Oh, yeah, to, to, to make that game even more close that I was playing, uh, we were 2-2 we against Australia at the point. So as we were playing and having a, having a good old laugh about it, I was looking over and I could see Josh and Chris and Chris. Chris's face was just like, I've never seen a man more nervous or more petrified of having to say, oh my God, the Irish beat us. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that was disappointing. I would have loved it because he wasn't happy because he lost that game against uh, John and our Signar player um, diced the crap out of uh, their uh, Kador player at the top of two. So that was great. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, so, so you guys uh, go to sleep and you're you're going to uh, Sunday the undefeated um, for, for for Germany. I, sorry, I didn't mean to offend you, <laughs> Kieran. So it's yeah. it's it's fine, Matthew. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> so basically, we figured out that um, due to the pair mechanism, we have a higher chance to play France or England. Because, yeah, our crazy doctor, Dr. Meisel, came up with his math, mathematics skills, like calculating shit. Like, <laughs> England cannot play England and France cannot play France because they both had two undefeated teams. So there's a, that much higher chance to play one of these. Blah. I did not understand it. I did not care, to be honest. You just, you just accept it. It's like, okay, Sasha, I believe you. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, aren't, isn't like they're, they're hesitant to put France against France? Just yeah, they, France there's is... a rule at WTC that yeah. you cannot play your nation unless, unless it's the final. And it, unless it has to be this game. 
it ha- yeah, it has, be, it has to be the the top final or the bottom final is the only chance that uh, two countries will play. No, that's not true. In the semi-finals, there can be if there are three teams of one nation. Oh, okay, yes, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's highly unlikely to play your nation, which I yeah. like. And so, yeah, we fi- went through the matchups, and yeah, I think we looked at six of the eight, or no, at five of the left last eight teams. So I think there was Switzerland chocolate is still in, and yeah, no offense, but we did not take them too serious. <laughs> and there was uh, England Knights in the round as well, which is uh, Dr. Norbert's team. And we thought, yeah, we don't have to put the effort into this team as well because... It's not Pat Dunford. It's not Pat Dunford. And <laughs> so we looked at the French teams, basically, and the Norway team because we did not prep for them. And we figured out that we have really good matchups against... France one, which is Asterix, I think. And that we have terrible matchups into Norway and France Falbala. Like really bad. Because they brought lists which are I think the right lists you have to bring if you are a small nation with not the big names. Like terrible skews, like really annoying for your opponent because he has no table time into this shit. And yeah. So Basically, our dream was not to play Franz Falbala on Sunday morning. And, yeah, because it's WTC and dreams come true, we played <laughs> Franz Falbala on Sunday morning. Uh, uh, before we get to that, I do want to point out uh, that the night before, the last game that was streamed was French French Asterisks versus, I'm forgetting the name of who they played against. Um, and I've never seen a game actually go down to turn seven. Oh yes, there was uh, a few of them actually in that in that, in that round. Yeah, yeah, there's a few of them. Like turn seven, like how do you actually figure out tiebreakers if control points are equal turn seven? <laughs> yeah, it was down to like second and third tiebreakers. Yeah. I think then it's yeah army points destroyed or army points left in the zone. It's army points left in zone, which we yeah, had. I think it. it was France against Canada. Canada. That's what it was. Yeah. Goose? Moose? I don't know. I can't diverse these teams. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. So, yeah, on Sunday morning, we were super lucky to see we play Franz Fabula. And so we went into the think tank again, like, okay, let's do this. We'll pair out like this. If we get win the starting role, shit, blah, blah, blah. And we put our dice monkey, Sasha, like at the table and say, okay, your job is win the starting role, which he of course did not. <laughs> then we were like, okay, we cannot even pick the matchups because they wanted to pick matchups. And we were like, okay, we are fucked. We have to play that much better to yeah, bring our bad matchups to playable ones. Um, but I think they made some mistakes in the parent process. Maybe they did not see the games as we did. And so we got one more good matchup than we expected. And in the end, I played against the Signal player. He had Haley 2 heavy metal and a Striker 1. And so basically, Striker 1 does double colossal. It's a little bit of a list chicken, which is hugely in my favor. Because if I put in... He had a Haley without a battle engine, so 
not a lot of electricity going on. So my idea was if I put Xerxes 2 into this and he picks Striker 1, he basically can go to toilet and back to the bed. <laughs> and if he plays Haley 2, he will have a game. And the scenario was spread the net and we looked at his yeah picking behavior the rounds before and we figured out he will play Haley 2 on the scenario and yeah, it's the right choice to be honest. And so I played Rashad into this because, uh, yeah, I've done this pretty some, yeah, a few times before. And basically I think he was a bit overconfident into this matchup from his side. And then I was able to show him that it's not a good matchup for him. Basically I shot one heavy off the table bottom of one and then I killed the storm wall and the other heavy bottom of two. And then it's just game. And yeah, this game is on Twitch as well at the page five and enter the crucible guys. So maybe it can be advice for some of our complex how to face Haley too. And I think Rashid is excellent into this because he completely shuts down Thorn with Castigate. So it's toolbox versus toolbox caster. And yeah, the round worked out better than you expected. We won 5 0 in the end, but yes. Mainly because they helped us in the parry. Yeah, I, I heard that there was several examples of why you were showing Rasha at this good into Haley 2 over the of, of the weekend. Yeah. Uh your round four. Uh, our round four, we got paired against Team Wales Drag, who we had been drinking with the night before. So again, we had a nice equal footing pairing <laughs> uh, for the first round. Uh, so bad so that the, their team captain couldn't even count that morning and was looking at five tables, trying to argue with the judge that there was only four tables. So I think <laughs> we were on to a good start. Uh, <laughs> we did our dice rolls and whatnot. Uh, we got tables this time. Um, so I think we were beginning to see that, oh, she had the tables isn't bad. <laughs> uh, I got paired against Adam Williams, who was playing, uh, Kalissa and Ran. Um, so I was dropping Makeda 2 into that. He chose Ran. Um, I had a slight mistake on the first turn where I left one of my unit leaders out so that it could be dragged a million miles away. Um, but thankfully it was still within distance of the other cat unit to activate and go kill it. Um, and then from there on in, I, I, that was the only mod I killed in the entire game and I won the 6-1 on scenario, uh, top of, or bottom of three. So, cause, uh, uh, Rand didn't even leave his deployment zone. He was terrified of the cats. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, oh, I'm going to kill box myself. It's like, okay, I'm going <laughs> to score three points on your turn. <laughs> I, I I played the double cats list last night just to see because uh, I was able to get the second unit of cats for cheap, um, and I was just like, oh, if I go first, I just have complete control over the zones. That's kind of cool. pretty much yeah. <laughs> That's kind of cool. <laughs> and it was a nice big forest, so I could hide most of the cats behind to keep them safe. Yeah. On the first turn, which was more than half of the board, um, so yeah. So the next turn, he was he was reading, or he was just he was like, I'll activate Ran. I'll no, I won't. I'm, no, I won't. I'm, I'll just stand still. <laughs> he was like half an inch out of threat range wherever he went. 
Uh, I have a I have, a, I have a, a relatively local ret player too that like plays battle mages all the time, at least in the times that he drops things into scorn. Um, and I just like oh, I wasn't interested in Elish until I realized that he got he picked up that rule that just instantly oh yeah, yeah. in his command range. <laughs> so I still don't think he's that great though. No, I mean I still like not in a rush to pick the guy up, but I thought that was interesting tech. <laughs> yeah, free model, free model. <laughs> So, uh, round six. No, round five. Six. What? Five. 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 Sorry. <laughs> Jesus. Five. Jesus, Matthew. <laughs> Look, I'm just a dumb American. Just, you know, go, go keep going with your... <laughs> <laughs> Us cultured Europeans will teach you. <laughs> yes, yes, please. Please, cultured Europeans, tell me the dumb American... <laughs> Um, hopefully, hopefully uh, our president's not watching, or my president's not watching, listening to this podcast. <laughs> possibly, as you'll see him tweeting about it now. Yeah. <laughs> not good guys. Corner G uh, episode two. <laughs> Mayhew is, is unpatriotic. <laughs> <laughs> He's not currently kneeling. Hashtag sad. Hashtag. Um, so uh, round five, we get drawn against Team Russia Bears, and. They annihilated us. <laughs> we really picked the wrong pairings on every single match. We got, we won, we won the Cricks uh, mirror match. I ended up getting dropped into Signar and it was, um, Haley 2, uh, and Nemo 3. So I knew I was getting Nemo 3. And I know Makeda 2 is a horrible match into that, but I've never played Zal into it. Um, I didn't want to try it then. And even though he, yeah, he was. He was the, the player I was. I was. I was playing against. Was convinced that Zal was the right drop, but I was like, I don't think so. He's like, No, no, no. It'd be really good. I was like, No, <laughs> don't think like, so. Even even if your feet can protect you against the electric leaps, which it can't, but even if it could, he just says, Okay, I'll wait. And now I'm going to murder your army. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah. So I got destroyed in that round. Um. I got, like, I had a small chance of potentially, because I was up on scenario, um, but then I had my uh, despoiler charge his Storm Strider and miss every, roll double ones or a one and two on all attacks bar one. So I was just like, okay, yeah, that's game. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we're still undefeated and two English teams were undefeated, so we had to stop the full English finals. And yeah, we did not want to play Pat in the semifinals, um, because he's the stronger team, basically. And yeah, as wishes come true, we played Pat. <laughs> you go to these uh, wishes, uh, Dominic. I think you need to branch yeah, out here. Like a lot that. of luck. Again. <laughs> Always getting the stuff we don't want. And I'm not even sure if we got tables or matchups in the end. Um, basically, I had a lot of good matchups into them. Like, I have to check the list again, but I think it was four good ones. Yeah, four good ones and one 50-50 into Cricks, which had P. Danny Fleet and Coven Darkhost. And my goal was to catch Pat off the team. Because I think Scorn has very good game into Grimkin. Um, especially if you pick X-Tolers and all this stuff. I did not know this before our training camp, to be honest. But 
I played a lot of Grimkin at the training camp to see what they can do. And yeah, we figured out Scorn is really strong into this, into their. Yes. Yeah, because it's like um, stealth and ink and but they also have like cool anti-horse. Yeah, they have a lot of tools, especially Rashad. So like a good Grim, well, the usual Grimkin player will try to p- trigger stealth by some point, and he will punch one of his crabbits and put them in a position so you have to shoot him. So Russia can just run an Agnot up and spell him to death, so he cannot trigger Stealth Arcana. And you have Eyeless Sight on your battle engines, you have Ghost Shots, you have Magical Weapons to deal with the Gremlin Swarm, so you have all the tools for this matchup. But unfortunately, Pat knew about this. <laughs> yeah, shock. <laughs> so I could not play Pat, and um, I think it came down... Um, that I took my worst matchup in the round, so our team gets better matchups. So I played Ryan Evans with Quicks, and we played. Yeah, we play. He did not play P. Danny Fleet because he lost this match to to Sasha at the ETC, and so I think he was a bit afraid of Russia. So we played Coven Host into Rashad, and he did not know the matchup. So he went for a double blind attempt on my battle engines, round one. And I was like, okay, do it. And then I walked up the X dollars and said, <laughs> nice. Now I will take two, two of your riders for free. And, but it was close because, uh, Coven can really push on scenario. He had a good, table with forests on it so he can hide his cavalry in it so they have stealths and so it basically was two turtles against his army but um, yeah in the end I pulled it out by attritioning him out and then when he was up on scenario like 3-0 I scored 3 points in one turn because I was that far up on attrition and then yeah, totally swung in my favor um, the other games were super close to be honest, um, I had to leave the room because I couldn't. Yeah. And I watched them on Twitch now, and yeah, it was like, oh my god, Robin, yeah, won with three seconds on his own clock, clocking Richard. Sasha survived the caster kill on two boxes, all this shit, and we won two three, uh, three two, and went up to the finals. But it was super close. Like really good games from the English guys. Yeah, the, the, the England had a really good showing this year. Um, how how do you feel about Rasheth and Decrix in general uh, now? Especially, I think he has game into Crix, but it's tough. Like he will get a fifty fifty against most ghost fleets because these turtles can kill like ten models a turn easily. And you have a lot of high range shooting and all this stuff. Ghost fleets can struggle to apply damage if they do not yeah, reach melee, which you can stop by just putting breath of corruptions in the right positions and all this stuff. So I feel pretty okay into ghost fleet. P Denny is like the worst case for you, probably, but you have a decent shot at the caster kill under your feet on her like a really good chance 70% or somewhat like this 
Yeah, if you, easy. yeah. Just don't tell Craig's players that uh, Denny one needs any sort of adjustment. <laughs> I think they still have to play the game against Russia. Yeah. And uh, usually the dark host list is stronger into Scorn, uh, not as you expected. So Coven host is the worst case for you, or at least for my list, because it stops one round of shooting, basically, with his feet. But I have two ghost shots to remove unit leaders or solo scoring at flags. I can put a lot of pressure on his ball, um, yeah, on the echo go, um, by arc noting stuff. So he cannot empty the witches because they will die and all the stuff. So there's a lot of small tweaks you have to be careful about. And if you don't know the matchup exactly, I think the scorn player will lose. If both players don't know it, if the scorn player knows it and the Crips player knows it, it's 50 50. Basically. So practice a lot, guys. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's a good motto to have if you want to be a competitive player anyway. Yeah. Get good. Get good. <laughs> it's like you can, you can take that very insulting like term of like get good noob and just like if you just tell us like, well, if you nail down like solid lists, you put a lot of practice and you actually try and like think out and plan out your matchups. That that is getting good in War Machine. I will get good. <laughs> you will get good. Like that's that's just a a, a simple concept. It's yeah. really easy to look at. Like, well, this is the mathematical best you know solution ever. But you still have to like play the game. That's that's an important part of War Machine is actually playing the game. Yeah, I think it's not that easy because for the Crix player, because you have volume against Coven Host, for example, and you can really shoot these riders off the table early. Yeah. And with reposition, you can back off from the threat range, even with vengeance and, yeah. So, and every model he loses will hurt in the late game. So, it's a game both players need to play. And I think that's a good position for Scorn, that it has a good chance to beat, like, the go-to guys, uh, like the big list everybody is complaining about. Just by practicing your own list, you have game into it. That's that's good. That's great to hear. Yeah. So I believe we are into round six now. Yeah. So we 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 can do mine quickly enough. Then we uh, Dominic give his uh, spoiler good battle report. <laughs> um, so we got we got um, Spain red that turn. Um, uh, I got drawn against their uh, Grimkin player, so I was going to play Sal because Makeda 2 into that match is horrific. Um, he chose Heretic 1. It was kind of a strange list. It was double um, uh, Rifleman, um, double um, ambushing Crow, Murder Crows, uh, and then a, a few other bits and pieces in the center. Oh, two, two max units of the Weapon Masters. Um, so he left his center very open. I was able to push through and win on scenario. Uh, but the thing when I drew, when I drew the game, I was just like, okay, does he know Zal list? Will he pick a curse? Please pick a curse. That's a good sign for me. He didn't pick a curse. It's like, damn it. <laughs> okay, so he knows what he knows. The curse is crap. Yeah. So we were in the finals against Norway Moonin, which we did not expect to be in the finals. To be honest. 
and we prepared for the list in the evening before and we had bad matchups again like they played uh, Amon with one billion dervishes they played Vindictus with one billion infantrists they had crazy list like I think they played the peace car with eight stalkers or something like this which oh, wow. was really scary yeah and Screw so stalkers. I hate stalkers again they did I think they did do the right choices for a small country like they were not the players uh, of the caliber of England Lions in the semifinals but they played really well and they had super annoying list like really producing matchups giving good shots um at our list so a lot of our guys were afraid of these lists and yeah, i was maybe a bit too confident in this weekend so i had like three good ones again one playable and one bad one i did not want to play peace star with eight stalkers to be honest and in the end it came out that we want to have some matchups and we sent out our dice monkey and you can imagine how the story goes <laughs> and so we got to pick tables <laughs> and I got to play Kuba with his uh, protectorate lists and he played uh, pop and drop Picrios with a lot of redeemers which I did not care about at all to be honest and the Vindictus with one billion guys running in front of you playing no magical shooting uh, you cannot shoot us if, except you're magical. You cannot charge us like one turn off. We are untouchable. And, but I, he thought it's a good matchup for them. And I thought it's a good matchup for me <laughs> because I have that long range shooting with 22 inches on the weavers, 23 inches on the turtles. So basically I wanted to win the starting role and go first, put pressure on the table so I can back off when he feeds. And of course, I lost the starting role. <laughs> so he just ran up round one with all his dudes feet up. So I had to back up, back up really hard. So he cannot kill too much. Sacrifice two dudes of myself to put breath of corruption on them so I can block the space near to a house. So he cannot pressure me that hard. And then I had to give up scenario again, let him score up um, until the turtles could no longer be killed. Basically, and then I went in, stopped all scoring, and then I yeah, killed the rest of his armies and then killed his custom. Yeah, yeah I, I, I totally misread that matchup when I was watching it on the stream. I was like, oh, this is this seems rough for Rasheth. And they were like cutting through different tables and stuff. And then eventually they got back to you, and I'm like, oh, this is suddenly not rough for Rasheth anymore. <laughs> like, most of his army was dead at a certain point. So it's still been rough because um, I had to contest one of the zones with a heavily damaged Cyclops Raider behind the house. And he could put two exemplar knights, I think, into it, the Science Importance guys with the mini feet. And he riffed the Science Importance 6 and the Science Importance 8 because I over the house, basically, which could have easily killed this Raider. And so I prevented him from scoring another point. So he went up only 2-0 and not 3-0. So that took a lot of pressure out of the game, basically. I think it would not have made that big difference, to be honest. But it's always yeah, a better feeling if you are not 
back up three points and he will score one at his flag like in 99% of the time and then you're back 4-0 and have to start doing shit. And so that was big, but not crucial for the matchup. I think yeah, I had the right game plan again. I have never faced Vindictus before, to be honest. Um, but I knew what my list is capable of doing. And so I could figure out I can handle him just by the plays I made. And that was good. And in the end, we won our round 4-1, four, four which was really nice because we could take home the title with us. Um, well deserved. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. Thank you, guys. And now we're just waiting for the trophy to be sent over from Australia. <laughs> yeah, you've been waiting a while, I think, for that. <laughs> yeah, they want to send us by mail because I forgot to bring it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, then we got, or at least I stayed for the night, all the rest of my team left because of work and real-life issues. And yeah, the problem about playing a WTC Finals is either if you win or lose, you will be drunk in under an hour. Because everybody <laughs> has a beer and you have not eaten a lot and you're yeah exhausted from all the games and yeah I was super drunk at the meal. So <laughs> sorry if I had misbehaved, but you were you were quite sensible. <laughs> yeah. It was a very sensible game of uh, uh what were you playing? What was the game you were playing afterwards? Uh, we played Judgment. Judgment, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so I took like a demo game of Judgment to get more or less sober again and find a way to bed. <laughs> All right, so uh, going from here, uh, do you think you're going to be sticking with Scorn for a while or where do you think you're going to go with the, with the faction? So uh, for me, it's basically I will drop Scorn probably. Not because I don't like Scorn, but I played it a lot and yeah, I'm... That guy sitting in the school always whipping with feet, so <laughs> so I can't focus too long on one faction. I and that. <laughs> yeah. I bought a lot of Grimkin. They look super fun to play. I played them in the training camp and so I will either go for Grimkin or at least yeah, this year or maybe I will stick with Gorn, I'm not sure, because I have no local mana anymore died, unfortunately, with Mark III. Mm. Uh, that seems to be fairly common now as well. Yeah, so... But I have a very strong Guild Ball meta. Like, they became world champion as well at the WTC in Guild Ball for my meta, the guys. Uh, so I might rejoin them for just playing Guild Ball or do some Grimkin games or Scorn. I'm not sure. Fair enough. Nice. Uh, Kieran, you're sticking with Scorn, right? Uh, I intend to. It depends on the themes, but I definitely also want to break up my old Convergence as well. Convergence has got a, a new Mercenary model for the first time. Even though he's not great, I still want to play him. And they've got a team force that allows me to run 60-odd shield wall dudes. So I can do that. Yeah, uh, a local of mine, uh, a, a small player who won Gen Con Masters, um, he's been starting the, the infantry theme, and I've been seeing that list a lot lately. Uh, fun fact, uh, turtles do pro- quite well into that theme. Why? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can uh, imagine, yeah. The turtles snipe out the Enigma Foundries like it's not even funny. 
So oh, even, even without the Ignite Foundries, because they don't really do much. I think it's more just uh, advanced move. Um, and then just had, I just I just want to play Aurora. I just love Aurora. She's my favorite model in the entire game. Yeah, he he was he was running. He's been running a lot of Aurora. I played a uh, Texie two in, into his Aurora once oh, nice. recently into like that that theme. Yeah, and a lot of really good things are happening to that theme. Mm. Just so, to... what do you guys think about the new minion solo Ailish or Elish or however he's called? Uh, I don't think he's as good as Aurora. Um, it would have been nice to have a way to take off Arcane Shields, but he's never going to have a chance to do it. So, well, right. the way I feel is like we're going to a, a situation where the one minion solo that you can take in a theme is a very like critical choice if you do take that one minion solo, and the best he's offering is something that a shaman can do anyway. Yeah. However, he has—he seems a little bit more offensive than Orin. Like Orin without lightning tokens versus him. Uh, bleed is only range eight though, and it's crap. Yeah, I prefer chain lightning. Support. And it's gonna G right because he does not heal when he uses. He doesn't heal. No, because um, he suffers. He has this ability to boost all his stuff for D three damage points. At the end of his activation, he suffers yeah. damage, and if he uses it, it's the first time he's undamaged, so he will be damaged. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> uh, the only thing I'm thinking about with him is that maybe he could become critical if, like, Battle Mages see more play, or the new Circle theme, Secret Masters, sees a lot of play. Namely for his, um, I'm just going to shut down magic stones imagery yeah and stuff like that too yeah i don't think scorn needs this model at all to be honest um but he's a good addition to factions who have no access to upkeep removal like convergence for example and mm -hmm. yeah but i yeah i preferred the version who was on cid when he was able to take away arcan shield and all these stuff and i think he should have kept this ability but be not allowed to be in team lists. So that you have to think twice if you want to take him and give up three points. And yeah, I think this would be better, but nobody's asking me. Well, it's one of those, I don't think they, will, it, they want to get into a, a lot of like very... Uh, how can I just, uh, into rules minutia? They would rather just have a rule be a blanket rule or not a rule at all. So mm -hmm. if you're going to go minion solos in themes, then you just you, it's saying minion solos minus Elish or minion solos minus Orin is kind of rough. I mean, you could put it on his card. This model can never be played in team lists. Like... That's that's fair. So you don't have to make the exception in the list design because it's too much spaces and characters you need. I also think there was a very uh, big production reason behind this model because his model was literally trying to sell magazine subscriptions, <laughs> making it as uh, as available as possible. Uh, I think I think that the the community feedback of him kind of put him into a place where he's not as Critical as he possibly could have been. Yeah. 
I mean, I would take him all the time if you just handed out magic weapons or something like that, some sort of like, or had some sort of stealth negation or something that I can kind of shore up weaknesses in themes I can't take, extol or so awards, but that's not the design that they took with him. Nice, nice. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's like my little mini rant, which is um, if the stated design goal of the new themes is to, hey, we're going to open up list building options, not like a crazy amount of list building options, but we're going to open up list building options with the de- stated intent to make theme on theme not as one-sided, like the, the current Kador problem of they really only have magic weapons in one theme. Um, so it was like, well, I guess I got to figure out how to play Jaws of Wolf into uh, Cricks, and that's a problem. So put, putting Aeon Holt into Winter Guard Command kind of alleviates that a little bit. Um, so if, they're go- if that is their stated goal, and then they go over to the Horde side, where most of the minion options don't have that type of functionality that it brings to a list then that's a problem. Then you're basically saying that, you know, if the infaction support for those types of answers is not going to be in a particular theme and the minion support that you can get is not going to be in a particular theme, is it still an even playing field with that stated design intent? Yep. Horns, hmm. the unloved child of <laughs> private press. But we just got a brand new uh, gar- uh, gargantuan. The Dracodile. Yeah. Which is ridiculously good, to be honest. Do we want to talk about, uh, take a, a side detour into Disciples of Agni, the minion-themed uh, Scorn theme that we know is probably accurate at the time of recording because it did an insider on it? Yeah, why not? If you I think that's, I think it's safe enough, yeah. yeah. A quick rundown of the rules, maybe? Correct. So... Um, the first benefit is that, uh, well, it's only, it's restricted to pain giver model units, uh, annihilator model units, or model souls, I mean, um, and then pain giver warlocks and Naresh. Uh, you can take any number of minion units um, for like every 20 points, I'm, I'm doing this from memory, <laughs> from every 20 points of units in the army, you get a free solo, and then you're able to take minion war beasts and they count as friendly faction scorn war beasts on your caster oh yes that one is stupidly good to be yeah. honest I, I uh, think something that makes it unique in scorn is that we're not restricted towards beast types um in the minion um, war beasts that we could take so basically Minion minions got a buff, but they need to buy a new caster and two <laughs> units of beast handlers. Oh, I, I forgot the last benefit, which is all pain giver models uh, gain sack pod minion. Which yes, the warlocks that are pain giver warlocks in the faction. Yeah. Um, yes. I mean, looking at this list from a tournament player's perspective, I don't really care about the minion units, to be honest. Um, in the beginning of the year, I played uh, with a lot of Archidons and Wrong Iron Snapshot in it, just yeah to make use of yeah, Enrage and Nourish Feed, which gives more strength. But it was always lacking a hit buff. That's why I dropped it. And now you can put in Primal for eight points. Yes. 
So you can spam up to like seven Archidons with Primal, which hit at power 22, mat 8. And yeah, I think they do not see what they are unleashing, to be honest. I think, I think honestly, the balancing factor to that theme is the fact that the Warbeasts don't count towards free points. So they're hoping that there's a carrot of if you take minion units, then you're getting the free points. Um, but the thing I noticed about that list is because it's missing some releases that they keep hinting at but never say what they actually are, all your free points are in solos that are cheap to begin with. Like, do you stretch for those 20 points of, of minion units to get a free uh, Taskmaster? No. Yeah, the, only, the, only, the only real kind of thing that you're looking for is either the Master Tormentor or Willbreaker. Yeah, the, I think the list is bad because it favors one-sided list design, like bringing spams back to the table. And I think that's a bad design from the beginning on. I mean, yeah. it's it's strong for us Scorn players, and some people will be happy about it because it's yeah, it will hit the tournament tables for sure. But I think it's not good for the game, to be honest. I think, well, especially like also with the CID where blind walkers are currently 10 points um, and when you can add a casual plus 7 or 8 to a blind walker, it's pretty okay heavy. Um, I, I, to, to, to me, it's like, well, you know, we have this really cool theme that allows us to do really crazy, stupid stuff with minion war beasts, but it feels like it's missing a layer of uh, complexity as far as what you can take that kind of does encourage BAM, and then it doesn't give you uh, solo options, or that your free point options, basically, that make you go, okay, well, maybe I won't go, you know, as many battle boards as I can put, shove into a list, and I might actually think about, um, like, a diverse army build. It's mm-hmm. like... I, th- I think it's, I think it, it's 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 just it's it, it's nicely built in that you can't really spam um, free points to get stuff like it's that you are making a choice between do I want lots of war beasts or do I want kind of a mixed bag and get a few free points. So, yeah, but the mixed bag is not as good as all the war beasts, to be honest. Yeah. Because yeah. we have very good all-rounder lists with Makita 2 or Rashad or whatever you want to put. So we are looking for yeah, mainly second list creating one-sided matchups. And this will create one-sided matchups like for 99%. And I don't like this because it's more the stonework scissor system and no longer... Plays a game at the table. Does does to a player? Do you think it opens up anything for Zakar with Sackpon? To who? <laughs> I don't think that's our answer. <laughs> it's, it, it was that extra plastic that came in the new battle box. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that extra bit of uh, like mold flashing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But that is a warlock that is legal to play. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it will lift him to tournament level. No, but maybe to playable level. Uh, every lock is playable. Like 
You get legal list with every warlock. <laughs> the strict definition of playable is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, we had like a league where we were supposed to play every warlock only once, and then you it's off the list. So I've played every lock, lock to be honest. Um, and you will get games with the locks, even in Scorn, where the yeah, the gap between a strong and a bad lock is not that big because a lot of work comes from the models, the units, and the turtles. So I think you will still have a strong list if you put like Seika with double turtles or whatever. But I could also put Rushet and have a better list. <laughs> yeah, Fair enough. A, a Zakar and double turtles is one of my potential champions for Gen Con. Um, I ended up just not playing in Champions because I just was done with War Machine by that time for a four-day con. <laughs> I do. I would like to play Chiron in a different list. Yeah, but... but and that's, no. that's the only thing, yeah. Chiron is not good. Ah, he's fun, though. <laughs> I, did, I did legitimately try the Imperial Warhost list with uh, Zakar, Chiron, and then finish Double Turtle, and then finishing out the rest of the list with Drakes and free Kriyas with the uh, sole benefit of trying to get Kriyas to kill heavies. That, that mission was accomplished. <laughs> uh, that list was not good, though. <laughs> okay, and I suppose well, while we're on this topic, we also do have the Immortal team was um, spoiled again on an Insider, so we kind of, I think we're safe. We could, we could talk about that one quite safely as well. Considering uh, last time I did a Scorn podcast, I said I didn't like Rosheth, and now we're we're talking to someone who went six and zero in Rosheth at WTC. I don't know if I should mention how I don't like the Immortal theme currently. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Gareth, Dominic? Confidence, I don't like it as well. <laughs> like I don't think it will impact Scorn too much. Like it's a nice gimmick. If you want to play Immortals, you will get three points. But the meta is or at least a meta in Europe and Central Europe, apart from Brexit, is so shooty-heavy that most of the models cannot reach your opponent, and then it will not matter if you have 10 points for free. That's my opinion. It feels like a bad Dark Host. Does that make sense at all? Because it feels like you're doing the same type of melee threats as Dark Host does, without the casters that can support it like Dark Host does, and without the damage point, uh, amount that Dark Host has. Yeah, yeah without Dark yeah. Shroud, without Coven Feed, without... Yeah. The, the, the lack of a damage buff in that list is, is quite tough. So then you start, then you go down the rabbit hole and it's like, well, maybe if I just take a caster like Xerxes, one that has a damage buff, and then you put <laughs> that on the table and you're like, well, now my soul game is kind of really wonky. Yeah. Now to, now to actually play the proper so, souls have to go where they're meant to go. Right. You realize how, how um, uh, spoiled you are with, with either of the Zals, and you go, well, crap, I don't, I don't know what to do with this. You can play and, Zal 1. And uh, you, you go down that rabbit hole, and you start <laughs> building Zal 1s, and you're like, I don't like any battle group I'm making. Um, <laughs> so and, Zal 1 is not that bad, I think. He has upkeep removal. Yep. But you have to be really careful if you want to use last stand or not, because 
Yeah, it's it's a it's a high a high price you're paying for last stand. Yes, yes, it will take a lot of gas out of your game as well. Well, this is how I feel about Zol One going forward. And granted, you know the theme apocalypse is tomorrow, so it might everything might change, and it's going to be totally absolute, absolute, or abs- whatever. Uh, <laughs> absolute. I'm, something. I'm American. My English is not great. <laughs> so, um. Zal cannot play without Ancestral Guardians, at least to his full potential. Um, the mm-hmm. only way to... And he has a spell called Last Stand, which is... I personally really dislike. Um, but it is a pretty decent damage buff. Um, but it's a, it's a damage buff that's best on troops that are 100% disposable and or could come back. Um, I, I just remember the glory days of Shamblers with, with Zal 1. Oh. <laughs> um, so you're telling me that you know the only way I can play him in theme and still have access to Ancestral Guardians is to play Immortal theme and the only option I have for troops are high cost expensive troops that I might put last stand on so yeah. does that mean his his best play is out of theme which seems likely yeah, I think so I think he plays best with Karax Praetorian Karax because they are cheap, they have combined melees, so if you do a combine, you get yeah, to hit even better. And only the model doing the attack will die. So you can also use last stand into solos or whatever. And yeah. But basically it's because Karaks are really cheap. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I would play them in a Praetorian theme in a heartbeat if I could take like two Ancestral Guardians with for no other reason than just to get something out of that benefit and to get co-bosses on the table. So, yeah, not the best list for Scorn, but hey, we get new team lists. I won't complain about it. Maybe that's some diversity. Maybe somebody finds out the new hot shit, which I will steal from him. <laughs> <laughs> And then we'll steal eventually. <laughs> well, th- this is the position I'm in. Um, I like this is this is Thursday, the 28th of September. Spoiler alert, everybody who's listening, this is recorded in the past. Um, I'm expecting themes to drop Friday, which is tomorrow, and I have the Crucible, which is our major, the biggest tournament in Florida, a week from Friday. So I'm going to get a, a a week to try and like scramble and look over all these different themes, figure out a competitive pair between those themes. One of them will probably be wins because wins is awesome. Um, and then like have a decent amount of practice before the biggest event in my state happens. Or you just play your established list and do not care for the newest shit in town. Because I think with all this CID stuff, people... Yeah, start to chase the new Holy Grail mm-hmm. and lose the focus on what's important in the game. Like playing your list yeah, 100 times to figure out what mistakes you made, stop these mistakes. And yeah, that's why I do not have that much of, uh, yeah, of an eye into CID because rules change too quickly. The meta has to evolve to react onto such team lists, and yeah, most of the times people don't know how to use them properly when they are just one week old. So, my recommendation.
recommendation would be just stick to your original pairing. Uh, it, to me, it's just, uh, and, and I, 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 that is great advice, and I and I thank you for it. Uh, to me, it's there's the element of it's a it's a big difference between when it's CID and when it is live, and it is a it's like it's going to be a big meta shakeup. And this isn't the first crucible I've been to with a big meta shakeup. I think like uh, the last crucible there was a big errata right before it or something like that. Um, it's just when you're like really thinking about your pairings and what you could potentially face off against, uh, when you introduce, you know, at least 10 different new themes into that equation and who hops onto it first and what, you know, obvious broken list comes out of it. And do you have an answer to it with your pair is it's going to be interesting. I'd say, <laughs> you know, like maybe yeah. I just stick with the list that I like. I'm, I'm still, wa- the problem is I've been waffling on my, my second list since I've gone back to scorn. Um, and I kind of like that the themes like give you direction or something. They give me a, like a good direction on the second list, uh, especially like to me it was the big one was the Victorian theme. Whether or not Double Cats is gets just instantly better. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I should hope for it, but uh, in general, I'm more hoping that we will get good teams for the game as a whole, like to improve the the joy of the game for everybody and not creating new ghost fleets. Yeah. Well, Um, my my nominal hope for, uh, for Praetorian theme is that uh, double cast is good with it and you get some free points, something like that, but it does something that really encourages the small base Praetorians. Like yeah, that would be good. Like advanced move on small based units or whatever. Right. Yeah. Stuff like that. Like it had. If it was like, okay, you can have Makeda without despoiler and like a couple, a couple free solos. But then you know, here's a couple. Immune, of- immune to electricity. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> For all Praetorians in the army. Yeah. So. I don't know. It's it's. I, I just. I, I, for me personally, anytime I have the ability to make arguments for scorn or for scorn themes, it's usually in the vein of I want more uh, balanced complexity than I want like straight up raw power. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think War Machine's at its yeah. best at that point. Yeah. So, yeah, I would recommend you pick your go to list to your tournament. Which is probably Mac Two, Makita Two. Uh, for me, like the Dash Two was was my my go to. The Dash Two. Yeah. Do you have two turtles? Double turtles. <laughs> of so course you could, he does. Uh, put the fat boy with his lovely umbrella next to it and play Rashad, and you have the perfect pair. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, he says he says it with such confidence. He kind of like yeah, I, I can't just. With that. <laughs> well, I, pl- I played I played Rasheth uh, Double Turtles, something similar to what you were playing because I'm a shameless copycat. I played into Nemo Three last night. Yeah. Um, I I alphaed both Stormstriders off the table and still lost most of my army, but one on scenario. So. <laughs> yeah, if you play it proper against Nemo, you can just shoot him off the table, and still have all your stuff in Kriya bubbles. But Nemo Three is like one of the worst. Well, he has a less good matchup for Russia, so uh, he, and he, he still he, win it. 
Yeah, he skews um, uh, dice rolls a lot, and I always feel like if I don't like four line table his army, I'm still going to lose most of my stuff anyway. Um, uh, but, but to be honest, that's not a big deal. With if you can keep the turtles into live, uh, late game, you will win anyway. So yeah, it's just keeping scenario pressures. Yeah, why should you care if you lose like ten small base models or even fifteen or twenty? If you can keep these two big hitters pushing you through late game. I mean, it's for Scorn, right? Sacrifice for Scorn. Skulls for the Skull King. Oh. <laughs> or the equivalent thereof. That's my favorite thing about Slingers, is that they have ranged attacks and you don't care if they die. It's a win-win. Yeah, right. <laughs> Most amazing arc notes. Yeah. All right, does anybody have any uh, follow-up for the WTC if they want to say? Uh, if you haven't been going, even if it's just purely just to play Watch Machine, as the Nordics did fantastically this year, or playing Solo Masters, I would definitely recommend it. It's one of the friendliest uh, events in terms, of, and it's the biggest event. The combination this year between War Machine and Guild Ball meant that there was the guts of 500 uh, nerds running around the hotel uh, and it's on in Poland next year, which means that you will be buying beers for less than a euro. Yeah, last year, next year will be, yeah, I, yeah, I would recommend everybody get a second liver for next year. <laughs> Just, pick <one> up. <laughs> Just pick one up. You get one cheap somewhere. That's yeah, more but... expensive in my country than it is yours. <laughs> I mean, we're in Poland. <laughs> Again, you're unrefined. <laughs> yeah. But I would recommend everybody to try to go to WTC and just play Solo Masters if you don't hit a team. If you can afford it, it will be one of the best experiences tournament-wise you can get. It's really high competitive, but still, the games are nice. It's not like... Um, Guys are, yeah, putting the wrong effort into it and telling you, no, this is 10.05 millimeters if it's nine or whatever. So, so there was there was a discussion this year on the thermal uh, expansion characteristics of uh, plastic measuring sticks. Yeah, there was, but nobody. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, we had one guy on our forums who oh, basically it started like. PP's 10-inch spray widget is not 10 inches in the middle of the widget, <laughs> which also not on the books and everywhere. So you can spray a model with your 10-inch spray, and he cannot charge you if he charges 10, which is ended. <laughs> judges know about it and are not willing to fix it. So it has to be intended. And then somebody started to tell, like, yeah, but what if I use a wrong measurement stick? Like, if I make my one bigger or whatever, we were like, okay, this is cheating. And they were like, <laughs> actually cheating. <laughs> uh, okay, so what if he's like uh, yeah, an engineer guy working with plastics? He was like, okay, let's bring it to the maximum. Um, I use this material, which will be a measurement stick worth of 150 euros approximately so we have like no change in the length or in this temperature range or whatever because somebody was like okay these are sticks of gold or 
<laughs> and then they were like calculating how big a 10 inch stick is at yeah 1500 meters altitude and yeah, <laughs> yeah humidity of 50 percent or whatever <laughs> amazing so so wargaming is a social contract between two people <laughs> <laughs> this is a social contract between two engineers at seemingly <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah, but it still has been fun and so oh, yeah. it's WTC and yeah you will drink a lot of beer if you want to you will meet a shitload of people who are all really nice and it's like a big family who meets once a year that's yeah. the best way to describe it I think yeah I, I've had the privilege of being able to go two years uh, previously and I can't recommend it enough it is even if you're on the on the wrong side of the ocean as far as expense is concerned it's still worth it at least once it's yeah. it's it's basically war machine mecca it's like you have to make the trip at least once in order to fully experience it and if you cannot make it i would highly ask you to support the stream team they did not hit their funding goals this year but they do an awesome job with all the setups and all the support for the community like i think this can level up War Machine again. They yeah, are dropping numbers from year to year. So, yeah, if you have, like, even if it's just one dollar or one euro, whatever, give them a thumbs up, support them. Yeah, we, we were, we were, uh, uh, sufficiently underfunded this year. Um, the, the thing that really helped us was that we still had some funds from the previous, uh, WTC. They were yeah. utilized, but even then, we, we kind of like, we basically cashed out this year. Um, trying to get anything done but thankfully the page five guys was, were there to to assist us in some equipment so we didn't have to ship as much stuff over um and we were able to get at least one of our commentary and join with their commentary team so i i personally like to see uh the internet crucible streaming efforts progressively get better but it's really hard to do that without the funds to support it because yeah. i mean Clint's getting all 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 this equipment for free, um, or at least he's 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 borrowing it for free. Um, all my time putting into putting the fundraiser, getting the the streaming uh, equipment set up, and his time, you know, setting everything up, running the equipment. We all do that, you know, out of love of the game and the community. Um, but it's still it's like we even if we do everything free, we can't we can't pay for everything off nothing. Yeah, you should not. And I mean, if you just watch one game, which is two hours, and you're good at, you're entertained by it, you should compare it like going to cinema, maybe, where you're staying less and paying like, I don't know how much it's in the US or wherever, but here's like 15 euros. So, and I will gracefully take this money to support you guys next year. Yeah, same. We we appreciate it, and um, we'll see what uh, what happens next year. So it's every year's different. Yeah, maybe we take it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no countries on it yet. Yeah, it will be tough next year because a lot of our looking for a break. Like, yeah, uh, we I pushed it one more year, so. I think that's that's a natural part of games. Like I know there's a lot of in the states there's a lot of mopiness about like a bunch of the the WTC players saying, "Oh, this is me stepping away from War Machine." 
I mean, if you really think about it, um, a game that consumes a great deal of your time to get to a certain level that you're doing basically for no fiscal reward, for lack of a better term, just more like bragging rights. Um, it does it does take a lot of out, out of people. I mean, it's a it's a stretch and it's a commitment, and sometimes you just have to take a step back from it. It doesn't mean the game's dying. It doesn't mean the game's worse. It just means that there is a natural cycle to competitive in any game. Yeah. I mean, getting worse a game from Mark 2 to Mark 3, I don't want to discuss now because it's a yeah, Pandora's box, basically. I do not want to open it, but I think <laughs> the game will recure from its current state and grow and get better. I agree. Uh, on that note, do you want to call it a podcast, guys? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. All right. Well, uh, thank you for uh, stepping on, uh, Dominic, to discuss your uh, WTC win. Uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. Very welcome. Um, and it, next time we get together uh, to record, uh, hopefully we'll have some themes to talk about. <laughs> Eventually they'll arrive. Yeah. Eventually, and uh, and I'll I'll always be looking out on the web. The, one of the reasons why we're not doing like this weekly is I don't think there's that much topics to do this as a weekly podcast. Um, but also another big thing is uh, I'm constantly looking to see who is doing well with scorn uh, in any sort of a, a national or international event. Um, and I'm going to, anybody who, who wins something major with this faction is going to be on this podcast to talk about it with us. So um, I, want, I want this to highlight the best in Scorn and, and, you know, spur people on because the Scorn community can be, you know, not the most positive and uplifting. <laughs> Make Scorn great again. Make Scorn great again. <laughs> Super mopey Scorn. Yeah. So with that... Uh, have a good evening, everybody. Yeah. See you guys. Bye-bye.